Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic Hits. COVID-19 has affected so many people across this country, more so, by the way, I believe, young people. I think young people have been affected because their lives are very different. We talk about you know, mental health all the time when we talk about older people. We think, when we think of mental health, we tend to think of older people, or people certainly over the age of 18. Uh, and I think we should focus more on what young people and how their lives have changed, particularly over the last 13 months, even just to socialise with their friends, getting out, some of them go to the gym, whatever it is, you know, for their mental health. And the mother of a teenage girl who died by suicide has criticised the government for ongoing restrictions around gym use, which she believes is vital to maintain adolescent mental health. And she joins me on the line, Karanya Gult, who's a mental health advocate. Good afternoon to you, Karanya. Hi, man. Thanks and, for having me. And I, and I hope I'm pronouncing your second name. Is, is it Galt? It is Galt, yeah. Okay, and I do apologise. I just, I just want to pronounce it properly. Firstly, just let me say my condolences to you and your family. And I know it's still very, very raw. Uh, your daughter was mm-hmm. taken away from you in 2018. And yeah. I'm really, really sorry to hear that. And I'm, first of all, if you could tell me a little bit about her, about Alicia, and, and tell us about her, because I'm sure you remember her like it was yesterday. Oh, yeah, like even just recently, she um, would have turned 18 there in um, April the 12th. So we've been reminiscing over all the mad stories about her. She had a great energy and she had the most wonderful of personality when you got her on a good day. Like, you know, this, mm. yeah, the house is definitely a lot quieter now without her because she would be up to all sorts of mischief, hiding behind doors and stirring the bejesus out of you. Like, you know, and she mm-hmm. just thought this was great crack. So. You and know, and, and le- leading up, leading up to her death, um, mm-hmm. and, and fi- at fifteen years of age, she died very, very young. But le- leading up to her death, did you notice changes in her? Could you see those changes? And was it very obvious there was something wrong? Oh yeah, it was kind of there. There was a lot that had actually been going on in Alicia's life, and it was kind of from she was moving between um, her her school church, the year school, and that's where, you know, we kind of started to notice things really increasing and changing, you know, and that she's starting to get more mischievous and stuff, and, you know, even whenever it comes to her behaviour, we were struggling a bit with it, and, you know, we I had been up and down to the schools and, you know, mm-hmm. transported out and that, but um, I suppose that the major thing um, occurred nine months previously to us losing her um, when she had attempted to take her own life. And okay. that's when, you know, she was brought um, into Peace in Clonmel and she was referred on to CAM. But unfortunately, they didn't give us the support that we required. So it was literally fighting you know, losing yeah, a lot, a lot of parents are left dealing with this. Uh, and I, I spoke yeah. to Jackie Fox some time ago. I'm sure you're familiar with Jackie Fox. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I spoke to Jackie about her daughter, Coco, and, and, you know, and how she struggled to get help. I mean, it's very, very difficult to get help in this country. And if you do, you're put on a waiting list for 18 months. And by that time, of course, you're going to be too late for God to deal with a child oh, yeah. and deal with a problem. Like, yeah. It's I, an immediate problem that doesn't need, like, future solutions. Yeah. You know, it's an immediate problem that needs immediate solutions. Yeah, absolutely, you know, and for a lot of children, they need help. They need someone to talk to, apart from their parents sometimes. They need other people to talk to. Yeah. And, and, I mean, was she being bullied, do you think, in school? or? It was a combination of a few different factors. Like, I know, legally, we have to refer to it as um, she had made um, a statement to the guardie. 
um, just in relation to an alleged abuse, and yeah. then just she was having difficulties with um, groups of friends and stuff okay. in the week that led up. So there was multiple different issues that was impacting her, and you know it's difficult for teenagers to talk to their parents yeah. because from a parental point of view, you're trying to be, you know, the authoritarian figure in one sense, you know, so it, they're coming from a social sense of, you know, how, how do they navigate all these different things? And, and sometimes it can, like, for a mother of four, I thought that it was one truth at all, but your approach to different children, you have to have a different parenting approach to each of them, and it is a big learning curve, especially when they have teenagers. So, and 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 the day that changed her life, obviously in two thousand eighteen, when she mm-hmm. when she took her own life. I mean, I don't know. It's even hard to think about that or to talk about that when we talk about a fifteen year old. We we always think of when we think about suicide, we think of older people. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and she was actually fourteen at the time. Um, it was just before her fifteenth birthday. And that so was St. Patrick's Day. Fourteen. It, it was St. Yeah. Patrick's Day. And 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 on that particular day, I mean, the day that I suppose the day that changed the rest of your life as well. I mean, how did you get the news? Were you there? Did somebody give you a call, or, or did you arrive home to that? I mean, what, what? no, it was, it was literally that she had um, run off from the house that evening, and okay. she was missing for eight days. So we literally had the country and search and rescue, like every department going, was actually searching for. The people of Carrick and Hilltown were absolutely fantastic for those eight days searching for. So it was actually the twenty fifth. And some evening, um, when I heard the helicopter going over and I heard the guard cars flying past the house and I just knew in my gut that she had been found and it mm-hmm. wasn't good news. But I think I kind of had it in my gut all week anyway that she wasn't coming home to us alive. I know, so and that, that phone sick. call must be terrible because I, I know in my own situation, my, my brother went missing. Uh, he was 24 mm-hmm. and I remember the, the the Sunday that my dad got the phone call. He rang me because I, I was out of the house at the time and said, you know, can you come to the morgue with me? And that phone yeah. call that you get I, for any, but my mother refused to leave the house, and of course, it changed the rest yeah. of her life as well. So that that phone call is a dreadful phone call for any parent to get. You, you never want to get that phone call. No, it was actually myself and her father were um, in Carrigan-Sure when the family liaison officer from the guard side and um, came in just to try and announce to us because it was already starting to break on social media. You know, because it was yeah, a high-profile case yeah. at the time. But yeah, it was just like for me personally, I had to go into mother mode because I still had three other children, and as the news was breaking, I was trying to comfort them at the same time. But my instinct was just to get down to Alicia's when possible. I know, and you, you just know, go, you go into, you go into auto mode, and you're trying to deal with everything, and it's, it's almost becomes yeah. like a dream or somebody else's life, I suppose, at that particular point. Um, but yeah. I suppose that you now have started this kind of national campaign to get more resources for children. And I suppose mm-hmm. over the last 13 months, when we think about mental health and we, t- we criticise the government in relation to lockdown, as we should, by the way, in relation to some aspects mm-hmm. of it, uh, we think more so about adults. But you believe that we should be focusing as well on children. And I completely agree with you. I think they get ignored and unfortunately get blamed for quite a lot, which they're not responsible yeah. for. They're, they're just being young. And that's what all young people do is get together and try and socialise together. And they've missed out on that really badly and they've missed out on as you mentioned say going to the gym things like that which are vital for them to do No absolutely you know because there isn't enough resources for children to do you know outside of school other than you know hanging around street corners and stuff like that and I know there are some you know good communities out there that are trying to get um, you know services for them Um, but like 
even from a leasing state, like I tried to learn a huge amount about, you know, how I parent differently and what kinds of activities I need to, you know, try and encourage my kids to um, go into to try and help them. And a, a big thing for me is even, like, I started to do strength training um, with the gym next door in Carrick and Shure, and they were my lifeline. Mm-hmm. And because I had that lived experience of how that was able to carry me through the loss of, you know, my daughter, and um, that's when I wanted to, you know, advocate for young people, um, you know, who even up to 21 and beyond, that, you know, this is an activity that they should be, you know, focusing on and to encourage them for their hormones and to regulate, you know, even just being able to deal with emotions that are, you know, kind of getting out of control at times. Mm-hmm. Um, because, as we know, like, suicide is an uh, impulse reaction or a response to loss of control of emotions in a lot of cases. And I don't believe that Alicia did want to complete, you know, the what had went on that night. And no, I'm absolutely, because depression, sure I think... Wants to, to still be here. I think depression for children can be a lot worse in the sense that they're not mature enough to see light at the end of the tunnel. I think as we get older and we go to a bad phase in our life and we're depressed at least maybe we have the foresight or the maturity to understand that we'll get past that and there's more to life. But I think as children, sometimes they live in the moment. So if things are not right at that particular moment, sadly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they can make very bad decisions when it comes around to that. And, and, and you are right. I mean, their physical health is all important. It helps their mental health. Uh, and, you know, oh, being yeah. able, being I able do to... believe that they go hand in hand. And Absolutely. that's what I had even said recently is like, I wish that the government would actually reclassify what the gym and, you know, other health activities are classified in, you know, for and not a, a leisure activity. Because well, it's not well, this is the point I want to make to you, Bonnie. The, the WHO mm-hmm. themselves have said that health uh, is broken into three facets. And they talked about this at the very start of the pandemic when we were talking yeah. about lockdowns, which is, you know, physical health, mental health and social health. And all yeah. three of those are equally as important to human beings because it's very important yeah. that we're not isolated as human beings. And particularly mm-hmm. for young people at that point in their life, when, you know, we all remember being 17 or 18 years of age, when you kind of get out there and you're having the fun and you're going to clubs and you're having, a, you know, you're meeting mm-hmm. up with friends regularly or you're going to a gym or to the cinema or whatever. It is. All those things are really important for a young adult. No, 100%. Like, and as I said, like, even, you know, I can't talk about any specific stories, but what has enraged me recently is that you still haven't uh, reopened gyms, even for a one-to-one, and, you know, that another young fella has um, lost his life and was only buried last week, and mm-hmm. I had seen a post on social media where he was private messaging his personal trainer, begging for some sort of you know, one-to-one, and, mm-hmm. you know, some sessions just because he was feeling overwhelmed and that he knew that that was kind of an aspect that facilitated his mental health well-being. And, the, and, the, there's, but there's no, and there's no logical reason for it because if we look at the data before Christmas when the gyms not. were open uh, for for a short period, there was no outbreaks. Uh, there was no there was no. very few cases in places like that. Even when we talked about hospitality the other day, mm-hmm. you know, the majority of cases seem to be within the family home. So th- there's there is no logical or scientific reason to not do that because no. unfortunately, the damage we do by not having it is probably a lot worse than the damage we're doing by 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 having them closed. Um, and I wholeheartedly believe that, yeah, that, um, you know, even 
with you being able to go into a hair salon now, and I, I'm a qualified hairdresser, so I, I understand, you know, that you can wear your PPE, you can, you know, go over and ensure that everything's disinfected and cleaned and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But if you're opening up those kinds of services, like, it's still, I, I still can't understand why the government haven't classified, first of all, gym as an activity that is Necessary. for mental, physical well-being and an essential service. Um, and they still continue to keep it as a leisure activity. Yeah. But even for these kids, it's not just the physical aspect of, um, you know, getting in and doing the training. It's like there's some fantastic personal trainers out there that are actually committed to mental health well-being, and they've been campaigning to get the doors open because they know that even these young teenagers, especially the young lads that are taking their lives, like, you know, that they don't talk as much, but when they're in that kind of gym it's like a little community so in, the, in, in the locker room so to speak yes I get, I get yeah, to yes. pretty much like yeah, you know and, and, and there's not one shoe fits all for everybody we're not all big into going out running or cycling and stuff like that you know so yeah. I think it's just the government have offered a lifeboat with their campaigning for you know physical health aid, mental health but now they've went and punctured it Absolutely, and I know only recently over Adka mentioned they have a huge budget set aside for mental health, um, but yes, we're not really seeing that yet, and I don't know why that should be immediately, as you rightly said, and we've been asking for years for the likes of CAMS mm-hmm. to be increased, obviously the, the resources for the likes of CAMS and Jigsaw and other places like that to be increased, and I think it should be. Listen, it's been wonderful talking to you. My condolences again, Gron. You're a very brave woman to talk about your own daughter and use that, uh, I suppose, for a strength to continue on to try and help others, so I really appreciate it. No problem, Mom. Uh, thank you very much indeed. Uh, as Grania Galt, uh, her daughter, Alicia, sadly took her own life in 2018 when she was only 15 years of age. Well, not even 15, according to Grania as well, she mentioned. And she talks about the mental health of young people, particularly during the pandemic, really important, particularly when it comes to things like a gym, which should be classed as an essential service. And I believe it should be. There are many other things, by the way, that should be classed as essential. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits.